your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 560 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online. Where the game starts. And the Rangers coming off of a rough uh, 3 to nothing loss against the rival New York Islanders in Madison Square Garden. That snaps a four-game winning streak for the Rangers in emphatic fashion. Just not a fun game overall to watch, and I'm sure not a fun game to be at either. Maybe some of you were even at the Garden last night uh, watching this uh, unfortunate uh, game unfold, basically. But, um, you know, yeah, that kind of leads me into what I want to talk about. I have two major takeaways from this game. And, and first, I just kind of mentioned it. I'm glad I wasn't at this game. You know, this has obviously been a fantastic season for the Rangers. It's been so much fun to just kind of see all the pieces finally start to fit together here. The Rangers start to come out of this rebuild and start to reestablish themselves as a bona fide contender in this league. Like we talked about, they just had a four-game winning streak right before this. They had a month of March that saw them go 11-4, and four, uh, basically just killing it the entire March, knocking off legitimate Stanley Cup contenders, winning games in a variety of different ways. And, you know, if you had the chance to attend any of these games, whether it was at Madison Square Garden or maybe even a road game, you know, I know we have some Ranger fans obviously spread out uh, around the world, really. Uh, if you had a chance to go to a game in March, chances are you liked what you saw and you were entertained and you probably saw the New York Rangers get a win. Uh, unfortunately... This, I wouldn't say it was the Rangers' worst performance of the season, but in terms of just uh, the entertainment value, in terms of being at a game and, you know, trying to see something to, to get excited about or, you know, just get into the game in one way or another, start rocking with the rest of the Madison Square Garden faithful. This had to be at or near the bottom of the list last night. Just one of those games where the Rangers just couldn't really get anything going. And again, they lose the game three to nothing. They had little spurts here and there where they had the better of play and it looked like, you know, they might start to pick it up a little bit, but... It tended to fizzle out uh, in most of those instances far more often than not. So that was my first takeaway, that this was not a fun game to be at at all. Maybe the least fun game all season to be at if you're a Ranger fan. And, and you know, there was a fight later in this game. And fights, you know, if you're there live, uh, there's always a little bit of an entertainment value there. And, of course, I don't want to see these guys giving each other concussions. But let's be real. I mean, hockey fans get excited whenever there's a fight. And even that kind of fizzled out pretty quick because Barclay Goodrow and Anders Lee got mixed up. And they both just kind of fell to the ice as soon as the fight started. So they didn't even get uh, fighting majors for that. So uh, even that, you know, you think you're at least going to get a Ranger Islander fight and you don't even get that to, to get excited about. But the other big takeaway is that this kind of felt like a Ranger Islander game from either last year or the year before that. Just not exciting at all. And it just becomes a complete slog. And the Islanders, you know, they play this this counterpunch kind of a game. They're basically just out there 
looking to play good defensive hockey and waiting for you to make a mistake and capitalize on it. And when you watch this game, all three Islander goals, first of all, this is kind of strange too, all three of the Islander goals occurred in the first couple of minutes of each period. The Islanders scored one goal in all three periods, and without checking the box score, I'm almost positive that all three of those goals occurred within the first five minutes of all three of those periods. So that was kind of unique in and of itself. But all three of the Islander goals came as the result of the Rangers making a mistake and in some cases, you know, not clearing the puck out of their zone and turning the puck over and then getting a golden opportunity out of that. Besides that, you know, I I was joking watching this game. I was like, do the Islanders even try to create any offense? You know, we were getting toward, I think, past the midway point of the second period and the Islanders had like six or seven shots on goal. And it's like, do they like... They just keep the puck along the boards and drag the game down into the mud and basically just try to bore you to death. I mean, that's what it feels like sometimes. So, again, just just not a fun game overall. And, of course, Semyon Varlamov, uh, he, once again, is the Ranger killer. You know, he uh, has really just had this team's number over the past few seasons. And, in fact, this is a pretty crazy stat as well. Semyon Varlamov in Madison Square Garden now has 12 consecutive shutout periods. I mean, that is just insane that's, let's think here, that's like four hours, wait, yeah, yeah, four hours of scoreless hockey in a row for Semyon Varlamov inside Madison Square Garden. That's almost unfathomable, and like we said, uh, he's just somebody that's had the Ranger number this year. I'm really happy that the Islanders, it certainly seems like, are going to miss the playoffs because, you know, the Rangers, we've seen them take care of business against the Penguins. I think they can go toe-to-toe with the Capitals, even the Canes. You know, Canes are dangerous, and, you know, they got to be one of the Eastern Conference favorites, but I think the Rangers could put up a good fight against them as well. This Islander team, you know, the Rangers just, a lot of times when they play them, they just cannot find their game. And, you know, maybe there's times where the Rangers press a little bit to create some scoring opportunities, and that just plays right into the Islanders' hands because it results in a turnover, and it results in an Islander goal. And on top of that, Semyon Varlamov, of all the great goalies in this league, and Varlamov's a good goalie, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's been like a top 10 goalie for, I would say, about a decade or so. But for all the great goalies in this league, for this to be the guy that just routinely and completely shuts down the Rangers, it is a little bit surprising. It is a little bit difficult to figure out Uh, He was not under tremendous pressure in this game, but he made some good saves, certainly when he needed to. And yeah, I mean, it's just one of those nights, you know, the Rangers can't get anything going. You know, I I did see on social media some Ranger fans, you know, kind of laying into this team and, oh, well, if they don't care, why should I care? I'm going to turn the game off, this, that, and the other thing. Look, they're not perfect, okay? This team is still something of a work in progress. They are still very young. They just had a phenomenal month of March. I'm not excusing the uh, performance because it was not good. But it's hard to be razor sharp for 82 games in the regular season. We've been over this. Not every game of the regular season can be treated like Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. And it happens. They didn't play their best game. Even the best teams in this league have a hiccup every now and then. And, you know, Gerard Gallant after this game didn't pull any punches, and neither did Artemi Panarin. Uh, Gerard Gallant uh, had some colorful words as far as uh, describing the Rangers' uh, performance in this game. He just said, we were horse and then Artemi Panarin, via a translator, said, we came out and shit our pants out there. So neither uh, Gallant nor Panarin pulling any punches after this game. It wasn't a good performance. But like I've said on here all along, I'm big on what the team does after a game like this. And what we've seen from the Rangers all season is that if they have a bad game, if they get basically run out of the arena, if they just don't put their best foot forward, if they have a game where for one reason or another, they just cannot find that fifth gear. They tend to play very, very well in the following game. And the Rangers are going to have a chance to do that on Sunday night. They play at home against the Philadelphia Flyers at 7 p.m. Flyers have 
not been good at all this year. I, I think that's putting it pretty mildly, uh, and I would fully expect the Rangers to come out flying. Uh, the Flyers are a team that, you know, if, if there's a team in the Eastern Conference that's kind of mailed it in this season, I would say it's probably the Flyers. They just are not any good. Obviously, there was a coaching change midseason. They've just been terrible. It's a directionless franchise. They don't know whether they're, uh, you know, rebuilding or, you know, adding to what they have and trying to go for it. And this is what you get when, when you have a team that gets caught between a rebuild and trying to go for it with the pieces that you have. You end up with a situation like the Philadelphia Flyers. And I have no idea how you fix it if you're the Flyers, but that should be a win for the Rangers. They need to come out playing a lot better than they did uh, in this game against the Islanders. And I think they will because they've shown us all season that they are that team. They are that team that responds to adversity and bounces back from some rough performances. But we're just scratching the surface here. Going to break down all of the Islander goals and what went wrong and what led to those goals. Going to talk about that. Uh, also, a couple other highlights and lowlights from the game. There are a couple of highlights. I always say this, no matter how bad a game is, uh, you can always pull one or two positives if you look closely enough. So we'll look to do that as well. And I'm also just going to kind of take you guys through the April schedule, just kind of share my thoughts on everything. You know, in our last episode, we did the biggest takeaways from March. But yes, uh, in just a couple of minutes here, going to look ahead at what's to come in April, which is, of course, the last month of the regular season. And then it's playoff hockey in May. Cannot wait for that. Uh, so we will get to all that stuff in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. All Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKS15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. One note from this game that I just wanted to point out really quick. You know, we've been talking about how well the new Rangers have played uh, ever since being acquired by Chris Drury at or near the trade deadline. Andrew Copps five-game point streak came to an end in this game, his five-game point streak since joining the Rangers. I mean, everybody's point streak on the Rangers came to an end last night because they got shut out. But Andrew Kopp, in his first five games with the Rangers, had two goals and five assists. So he was obviously just off to a white-hot start for this New York Ranger team. Uh, obviously, that comes to an end last night because the Rangers couldn't really get anything going offensively. And there was still no Ryan Strom in this game either. He remains out with a lower body injury. In fact, did not even take part in Friday's morning skate uh, prior to this game against the Islanders. And I'm not going to lie, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous about this, guys, because this is Strom's third straight game out of the lineup. When the injury initially occurred, you know, Gerard Gallant was obviously asked about it in his postgame presser, and he kind of shrugged it off and said, you know, it's nothing too major. I'm not too worried about it. This is three games in a row now that Ryan Strom has missed. There's no indication that he's going to be back for Sunday's game against the Flyers. I mean, maybe he will be, but obviously that news hasn't broken yet, if that is going to be the case. But the Rangers always do this, and I've, I've talked about this a lot on here. The Rangers... For years, through multiple different, you know, front office regimes, through multiple different coaching staffs, I don't know what it is. The Rangers always 
underestimate how long a player is going to be out with their injury. If they tell you that somebody is going to miss a couple of games, they're going to miss a couple of weeks. If they tell you that somebody's going to be out for two to four weeks, it's more like five to seven weeks. I swear this is true. There are many examples of it uh, running back however many years you want to go back here. And honestly, there's one happening right now with Capo Caco. You know, we haven't really heard a whole lot about him recently. The Rangers seemed like uh, they were optimistic that he would be back at the start of April. Well, it's the start of April, and I haven't heard any update about Capo Caco being close to returning. Uh, there was that thing a couple of weeks ago where he was spotted with a cast on his wrist. So who knows? I mean, is Capo Caco even going to be back? for the playoffs or, or any time, you know, before that. I hope he is. But again, the Rangers, I, I don't know if it's just blind optimism or, you know, maybe in certain instances, if they mention that somebody's not going to be out for very long, then it gives them more leverage if they want to make a trade because uh, the team they're trading with isn't aware of the fact that the injured player might be out for longer than the Rangers say he's going to be out. But I will definitely feel a lot better if Ryan Strom is back out there for Sunday's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. Because, again, this was classified as a minor injury. And Gallant, you know, if you watch his pressure again, he just kind of shrugged it off and didn't seem to think too much of it. You know, if somebody misses more than four games, if he misses the game against Philly, that would be his fourth game out of the lineup. We're getting past minor injury at that point, are we not? I mean, I realize that's a subjective term, but I mean, if I hear the term minor injury, I'm thinking a game or two. I'm not thinking like four, five, six games, whatever this ends up being. So I'll, I'll feel a lot better uh, if Ryan Strom is back out there on the second line in Sunday's game. Presumably, you know, Strom centering Panarin and Kopp, I would imagine that would be the line uh, trio there, but uh, we'll see how the Rangers look to play it if and when Strom gets back. But fingers crossed that he's back out there against the Flyers on Sunday. Something else of note in this game against the Islanders was that the Rangers took about 12 high-sticking penalties. I mean, that's what it felt like. They were getting called for high sticks left and right, and I'm not even saying that any of them were bad calls. Uh, they weren't. There were just a lot of uh, random instances in this game where somebody lost control of their stick, uh, just got a little careless with it maybe, and caught somebody with a high stick, and uh, the Rangers ended up shorthanded as a result of that. I know Ryan Reeves got one. I know Andrew Kopp got one. I believe there was at least one other as well. Uh, the good news, and again, we mentioned that even in a game like this, you can pull some good news out of it. The good news is that the Islanders ended up getting four power play opportunities in this game. I believe all four of them lasted the entire, you know, full two minutes, and they went 0 for 4 on the power play. I thought the Rangers had a really nice day on the penalty kill. We talked about that in our last episode as well, that the Rangers' penalty kill, which has been a strength all season, was scuffling a little bit recently. I realized part of the reason for that was in the most recent game, Alex Georgiev obviously struggled. The, uh... Red Wings scored two goals on the power play, and both fairly to definitely soft goals allowed by Alex Georgiev. So that contributed to it. But overall, you know, the Ranger penalty kill had not been a strength in recent games, but uh, there's just too many good penalty killers on this team for that to remain the case. And the Rangers obviously did a nice job. No quality scoring opportunities really to speak of for the Islanders on the man advantage in this game. And in fact, the Rangers played their best in this game while they were shorthanded. I know that sounds uh, kind of strange to say, but it's the truth. The Rangers, some of their best scoring opportunities of the night came while the Rangers were shorthanded. So uh, that was good to see, obviously. You know, a lot of Rangers logging some good penalty kill minutes. Uh, Andrew Kopp was out there for 342 of penalty kill time. I thought he looked good. Uh, Tyler Mott looked good on the PK as well, three minutes even. Barkley Goodrow was out there for 404 while the Rangers were shorthanded. Uh, he made a couple of plays while they were shorthanded, getting the puck away from guys, clearing the puck. Uh, Kreider, 226. Zabanajad, 248. Jacob Truba, 406. Uh, Keandre Miller, 445. So they were shorthanded for quite a while in this game. But again, I, I thought they passed the test with flying colors. 
and kind of a get-right night for the Ranger penalty kill unit. Like I said, if you look close enough, you can always find at least a couple of positives. Uh, we're going to continue breaking down everything that happened in this game in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. You know, I will say the Rangers definitely had an unfortunate break go against them very early in this game. You had Artemi Panarin moving in up the left side, couple of moves, gets in deep, uh, puts his shot right off the crossbar, and then the Islanders scored maybe about a minute after this, not even a minute after this. And there was a situation in the Rangers zone where Braden Schneider, he had a little bit of a tough night. He was a minus three. I've defended Braden Schneider on this podcast and, uh, you know, the decision to have him in the lineup over Justin Braun. Uh, there will be some hiccups every now and then. And this one, I think, falls on Schneider. But also, I would put this a little bit more on Lafreniere here because basically uh, a turnover and errant pass between the two of them led directly to the Islander goal. So the puck is in the Rangers zone. Schneider tries to pass it up to Lafreniere. Lafreniere is near the Ranger blue line, and he just couldn't handle the pass. And I, I think he's got to be able to handle this one. You know, it went off his stick. The Islanders keep the puck in the zone. And then you get Pulak with a centering pass to Sezikis for the tap-in goal right there from the doorstep. And like I said, I got to put this one on Lafreniere a little bit more so than Schneider. I think he's got to be able to handle this pass. He could not do it. And that's just kind of the theme of the night. The Islanders capitalizing on Ranger mistakes and Ranger turnovers. And just like that, they're up one nothing. only about three minutes into the action. And in sticking with the theme of Islanders scoring goals off of Ranger turnovers, this one happened in the second period. Goal by Matt Martin. Uh, Truba is gaining the blue line for the New York Islanders and, you know, carries it over. But he has the puck poked away from him. And then the Islanders go in the opposite direction. And you've got Johnston passing to Barzell. Barzell with a centering pass for Matt Martin. And Matt Martin scores from in deep. Uh, Rangers really got caught out of position here. I mean, once the puck was poked away from Jacob Truba. They were definitely in some trouble. Uh, Schneider was back, did a decent job against Barzell, you know, taking the shot away from him. But then you had, you know, Dryden Hunt back there, and that's a situation he's not used to being in. I mean, he did the best he could. He really hustled to get back on this play and, uh, you know, tried to go down and block the shot, but he was kind of falling all over himself. And uh, obviously you want a defenseman back in that situation rather than a forward who's not used to being in that spot. And Matt Martin scores from the doorstep, and just like that, it's two to nothing Islanders. And to just kind of go ahead and stick with that theme, you know, the Islanders score their third and final goal off of a turnover as well. This happens 247 into the third period. Patrick Nemeth basically shoots wide of the net. Puck comes out to Braden Schneider, and Schneider is at the blue line, and he just whiffs on the puck. You know, it looked like he tried to pass it quickly, and instead, uh, Wallstrom comes away with it. Schneider's kind of chasing him up the ice, trying to basically run down his mistake. He catches up to Wallstrom, but... Wallstrom gets the puck to Matthew Barzell. Barzell uh, drives hard to the net and scores far side against Igor Shesterkin. Igor did fine in this game, I thought. Like I said, you know, all three of these goals were the result of uh, Ranger turnovers. And like we said, one of the rougher games that Braden Schneider has had in quite some time here. And on this play, you know, I think what happened, it's almost like in football, every now and then you see a receiver start to roll with the ball before he catches it. I think in this case, Braden Schneider was looking to 
you know, move the puck before he had it because he basically just whiffed on it. And then, like we said, the Islanders were going in the opposite direction. But I think what happened here was he kind of felt the pressure. You know, it certainly looked like Wallstrom was bearing down on him pretty quick and closing on him pretty fast. And I think Schneider, just for a second, kind of panicked, maybe kind of took his eye off the puck for a second, looked to make a quick pass, keep the play alive for the Rangers, keep it in the Islanders' zone. And in so doing, like we said, he, he kind of just whiffed on it. And uh, Wallstrom collected it, and the Islanders are going the other way, and uh, Barzell ends up scoring from the doorstep. So, uh, again, just a rough game for the Rangers. Uh, there's not really a whole lot else to say about this one. I, I don't think this is a loss that's too concerning. It's just one of those games where, you know, you don't want to be playing from behind against the New York Islanders. You're just digging yourself a hole. You're playing right into their hands. I mean, listen, you don't want to be playing at, uh, you know, from behind against anybody, but once you start falling behind one nothing, 2 nothing to the Islanders, they make it very, very difficult to come back, and they've played a lot better recently. They've, uh, you know, kind of gotten healthy, and they are starting to look more like the team that has been one of the final four teams standing in each of the two preceding seasons. And I will say this, you know, obviously... It certainly looks like we know who the eight Eastern Conference playoff teams are going to be, but the Islanders have now won three in a row. They have played 67 games. They have 71 points. They are 13 points behind the Capitals, and they have one game in hand as far as that final playoff spot is concerned. Now, I don't think the Islanders are going to catch them. I think it's just too little, too late. That is... I mean, they're going to have to win a ton of games. They got 15 games left. They're going to have to win just about every single one of them to even give themselves a chance. But if there's any team in hockey that could blow it in a situation like this, I would think it's the Washington Capitals. I could see them kind of going into cruise control and, you know, maybe making this somewhat interesting down the stretch here. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, you know, playoff chases are fun, and it's nice that the Rangers have so much breathing room. I mean, the Rangers, even after losing to the Islanders uh, last night, they're still 22 points ahead of them, and the Islanders, like I just said, are the first team out of the playoffs, but I wouldn't mind a little bit of a playoff chase toward the end. You know, Capitals, Islanders might be kind of interesting, and obviously there's going to be some playoff chases in the Western Conference, but yeah, just kind of wanted to bring everybody up to speed as far as these standings are concerned. In fact, we might as well go the whole nine yards here. The Rangers have the third most points in the Eastern Conference, they have 93 points. They are five points behind both the Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes. And the Rangers are one point ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Both the Rangers and the Penguins have played 69 games. Rangers have 93 points. Penguins have 92 points. So uh, that could come down to the wire there as far as which team finishes second, which team finishes third, and which team has home ice advantage in that first-round playoff matchup because, again, it really feels like Rangers and Penguins certainly on a collision course for a first-round uh, playoff clash. And then the only other thing I want to do here today before we call it is to kind of just take a look to the schedule in April. And I realize, listen, you guys are plenty capable of looking up the Rangers schedule, but I thought I would just at least share a couple of uh, you know general thoughts about what's to come here for the Rangers in the final month of the regular season. Obviously, they started on a less-than-ideal note, losing 3 nothing to the Islanders, but they will be back in action, like we said, on Sunday at home against the Flyers. That is one of two matchups against the Flyers this month. And they start the month with four consecutive division rival games. You've got the Islander game, the Flyer game, and then on Tuesday, they are at the Devils. And then on Thursday, they are home against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I'm sure that's going to be a great game. Definitely make sure you watch that one. These teams, they're well aware of what's going on. They're well aware of the fact that they're going to be in the playoffs and very likely might end up playing each other. We've seen some playoff level intensity when those two teams have played each other in the past. So I think we can expect more of the same when they clash uh, this upcoming Thursday here. As far as uh, other highlights from the month, I mean, they play the Islanders one more time. They will play them on Thursday, the 21st at 7.30 p.m. Uh, they have two afternoon games, 
For whatever that's worth to everybody, there are two Saturday afternoon games. They are home against the Red Wings at 12.30 on Saturday the 16th. They are at the Bruins at 3 p.m. on Saturday the 23rd. And the other thing that really stands out is that the Rangers are going to be playing a lot of games in Madison Square Garden this month. They have 14 games in total. Ten of them are in Madison Square Garden. Only four of them are on the road. So that'll be nice, you know, kind of whip Madison Square Garden up into a frenzy heading into the playoffs, get everybody excited, and uh, just ready to go. And in fact, the Rangers will conclude the regular season with a three-game homestand. They are at home against the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday the 26th. They are then home against the Montreal Canadiens on Wednesday the 27th, so that'll be a back-to-back. And I would imagine probably one of those games might be Alex Georgiev's final uh, appearance of the regular season. We'll see how the Rangers look to play it. Uh, After that, the final game of the regular season for the Rangers is at home against the Capitals on Friday the 29th. And that's going to be interesting too. You know, if both of those teams are kind of locked into their playoff spot and they can't go up or down in the standings, going to be interesting to see uh, how they look to play it. If they, you know, go full bore and use it as a tune-up for the playoffs, or maybe there's a situation where, uh, you know, both teams play their backup goalie. Maybe you throw Georgiev into that game and make sure Igor is fresh and ready to go when the playoffs start. Uh, Very, very interesting to track. We'll see how everything shakes out, but looking forward to the final month of the regular season here, and then some Ranger postseason hockey. But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we'll be breaking down everything that happens between the Rangers and the Flyers on Sunday night. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.